Creative, and welcome back to the Empowered Creatives Podcast, finding confidence between hustle and burnout. I'm your host, Victoria Hines, creative career coach, helping creatives like you navigate your career hurdles. I'm really excited about my guest on the show this week. I met her back in the clubhouse days, and her Instagram is what brings me joy every single freaking day of my life. So Volta Volishin-Smith is my guest today. She creates fine art pieces that range from evocative still lives that capture nostalgia of a meal shared with family and friends to playful birds on snacks that celebrate life's simplest joys. She's the author of Watercolor Snacks, an instructional book on how to paint various foods with watercolors, and she hosts watercolor workshops and does brand activations for corporate clients like Dallas Mavericks, Home Depot, Michael Stores, BuzzFeed, American Airlines, and so many others. Most recently, Volta was one of the first 100 members to be part of a LinkedIn Creator Accelerator program, which I'm super excited to talk to her about today. And on that program, she created engaging content on topics of creativity, mindfulness, and food. So welcome to the show, Volta. Thank you so much, Victoria. Thank you for having me. And thank you for this wonderful introduction. (laughs) You're so welcome. All right. I'm going to kick it off with a really big question. Mm-hmm. What do artists and creatives need to know as possible today? Oh, that is a good question. <laughs> I think that we live in such a great time to be an artist and creative because there are so many opportunities out there. Thanks to the internet and social media, like we just there there's just so many more opportunities at our fingertips. You know, I, I feel like back in the day, it was a lot harder to get in front of people with your art to reach like a global audience or even, even on on a local level, like you had to go into those specific rooms where I don't know, the collectors were, you know, (laughs) it was was very kind of gate kept. And, and I think nowadays it's, there's like so much possibility out there, so many opportunities. And it's just a matter of having the perspective of, or the mindset of, looking for them and like they will they will come because they're out there you just have to see them oh I think that's such a great point it's it's kind of that entrepreneurial mindset versus the I'm an artist and I'm gonna go find the gatekeeper who's gonna make everything happen for me mindset which I don't know if that happens a word but that's the best way I feel like I can describe it (laughs) yeah oh amazing well speaking of entrepreneurship So LinkedIn is definitely one of those social media apps where I don't know about you, but I definitely feel like as creatives, we've never, we don't usually leverage it. I know most people in my circle, like we probably have a profile, but a lot of people don't necessarily like, unless they're looking for a day job, don't spend time on it. Don't really use it. um, Aren't sure how to use it or what to do with it. So I want to pick your brain. First off, what was your accelerated program like and working with LinkedIn? And how was that meshing of being a creative and also working with the LinkedIn platform? Thank you so much for this question. I am such a big nerd about LinkedIn. So like, just give me an opportunity and I can talk about it for hours, but I will try to keep it just a couple of minutes. <laughs> um, so the accelerator program was, I I just honestly just randomly stumbled upon the application and I read it and I was like, oh, I mean, 
yeah, I could, I could do that. And up to that point, I, I was sort of active on LinkedIn, but uh, I had a hard time kind of finding my people or like my groove of sharing the content. Um, and I'll say that thanks to this program and, um, you know, basically signing up, signing a contract to do four posts a week, you know, I had no choice. I had to show up, <laughs> but um <laughs> Thanks through through that process, I kind of realized a couple of things. Um, so one, I definitely recommend for creative people to be on LinkedIn because there's not a lot of competition in that space from like a visual standpoint. So meaning that like people love to see art on there because it's so kind of rare. You know, it's not mm. overpopulated like Instagram or, or other visual platforms. Um, so it's a great way to stand out and uh, get noticed by people. And usually people that are on LinkedIn, it's true. A lot of them are probably like corporate professionals, but if you're an artist or a creative, you probably want to have some clients to, you know, make a <laughs> living. <laughs> uh, and I found that it's a really great way to build relationships on there with people that are decision makers that have marketing budgets that could potentially, you know, see the work that you do and get inspired and hire you. So, and I, I'm saying that that's applicable, not just for like illustrators like me who are, I'm more of like a commercial type of artist, um, but even for fine artists, because I mean, there's like, if you think, if you go into a hotel or like some, some office building, there's always big, large, like fine art pieces someone's got to like buy those. Right. And, mm -hmm. and usually the people that are in charge of like making those decisions, I would say they're probably hanging out on LinkedIn. And the thing is like, because, you know, if you're showing up and like making content and showing your work and like sharing like tidbits about your life or like things that you've learned, um, that's just like another way of connecting with others and, and them seeing that, Hey, like this person, um, not only did they share something about themselves, but like, they're actually like, they're talented. They have art, like, this is cool. You know, like, let's, let's kind of start building that relationship. I think you've brought up a great point. This is where a lot of people are hanging out. This is where a lot of audience are. And especially if you're wanting to approach corporate clients or work with companies, or even I feel like approach people in a certain monetary bracket. Cause I know mm -hmm. I've had this conversation with artists too, of like, if you're, if you're selling these beautiful fine art pieces for thousands of dollars, unfortunately, you know, the, the starving artist probably only has $30 to spend on a print. So you're needing yeah. to find the people with a little bit more disposable income. Um, yes, absolutely. And that's a really great point. What's just to kind of like, because it just feels, you know, it can feel really daunting to hop onto a new social media app, especially something like LinkedIn that's felt very foreign to creative people for a very, very long time. What is one way you would encourage artists to get started? First of all, like I, I welcome anyone that would like to connect with me. I really think that if you like go on and search, for example, I'm just going to use myself as an example. So I'm a food illustrator. And when I was starting out to use the platform on LinkedIn, I, I, I did have that hang up. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to post. I don't know how to do it. Or it kind of, it just, I had this like mental block about it. Um, but as soon as I started following other people that share the same interests as me, so, you know, not just food, but like mindfulness or creativity or mindset. So anyone that like had content based on those 
keywords. So like hashtag research kind of stuff, I'd follow or connect with them and, you know, start seeing their content. And the more you see like people sharing things about their lives in a way that is maybe a little bit more vulnerable than you would expect on a platform like LinkedIn, it kind of normalizes the idea that, hey, like they just shared about a failure that they learned from. These are the lessons that they're sharing. Maybe I have a lesson that I can share as well. You know, kind of it encourages you to show up as well. Like it, it makes it a little bit less scary because you see other people that you admire sharing stuff. So that encourages you kind of just naturally to start sharing stuff as well. So basically, long story short, like try to connect with people that would feel very open to engage with. So, you know, if, if you're following someone that is making content, for example, if you like you have no interest in like financial advice or, you know, like, mm-hmm. like that kind of like that kind of stuff uh, or like accountings or accountants. <laughs> I hate to use that as an example. They're nice people, but like, <laughs> you know, if they're sharing, right. if they're sharing like content that you like could not possibly say anything about, then just like unfollow them (laughs) (laughs) only, only because like, cause you want it, you want it to be um, a place where you're like excited to log in and see what your like community is up to, like what they have to share. And when you're, when you're connected with people that you like, you're more likely to start like commenting and then they'll comment back. And then just, that's how you essentially like start building those relationships. That's really great advice. And I think it's just start connecting. I think that's a very simple, simple way to start that feels a little less daunting Yeah, than biting everything off. Exactly. I have a follow-up question to that because I know part of, I think, some of the burnout and hustle culture that we get nowadays, you know, there's this beautiful possibilities have been opened with the internet, but we also now, every single artist feels like I have to create content and content and more and more and more and more and more. And I know a lot of people who just get burnt out and don't know how to keep up or don't know how to pace themselves. What has been something you've done to, as a content creator and as an artist on these social media platforms to kind of find that balance for yourself? Ooh, that, that is a great question because it, yeah, it's a challenge that everyone kind of has to go through and figure out a way to essentially, I think, set boundaries on the time that you spend doing these things. So I will say like doing the the accelerator program that was 10 weeks of four four posts a week. So that was a lot um but I I would make sure that I like take Sundays off completely like off screen just complete reset kind of stuff and uh I found that that really helped me kind of not feel that burnout and to be honest like compared to how I've I've burnt out on Instagram and TikTok many times even especially like TikTok, I haven't been back on that platform in probably almost a year. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like that, it was that bad. <laughs> uh, but with LinkedIn, I don't know why there's like a, 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 like a mental shift when I go in there. And I think the stuff that people share too, it's very much like you, you go on LinkedIn to learn and kind of maybe expand your skills or your knowledge in some way, but also you can share about your work and the, you know, the projects that you've done. Um, so I feel like the vibe, like, I hate to say it in this way, but like the vibe is different on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. It just feels like less of an expectation to like churn out visual content. Like, yeah, it's, it's good to post photos and videos, of course, but you can also make a, like a couple of, you know, share a couple of sentences and those posts can go viral too. So I just feel like the effort that you would put into LinkedIn 
is probably could generate like more more of a return as opposed to you know the constant like cycles of like short videos uh, (laughs) on Instagram where people are just like scrolling through and just not even engaging yeah absolutely I mean it it's kind of like if you were to take the social world out of into the real world I mean it is all about finding the community you fit in with and I think you're right every app has a different feeling to it a different community and like there's the overall vibe to it and then there's of course all the micro communities yeah that you can find on the app but I like the idea of like giving yourself Sunday off and putting those boundaries on it yeah I mean it's it sounds like it's easy to do I I understand (laughs) it's very hard (laughs) Uh, but it's it I think sometimes you just have to do like the hard thing you know in order for like to, to like protect your mental health because like at the end of the day, like it, it is, it is a lot. There's a lot of noise out there and you're bombarded with notifications. So you have to protect yourself, kind of be proactive about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I've totally like experienced burnout and yeah, it was awful. Cause I, I would like track it. I'd be like every month, like it takes me about 30 days and then I like hit this wall and I want to give up. And then yeah. I'm like, Oh, Oh, it's cause I didn't take any like time to rest over the weekend. I just like, work right there <laughs> so I think it's it was definitely like a a lesson like kind of learned through like experience and practice absolutely it's always a work in progress and mm-hmm. always makes me think back to that advice of like this is a marathon not a sprint yes. which I don't think I quite I think I'm slowly learning what that actually means it really is a marathon and I mean if you're talking you want to be doing this for the next 30 years that changes the game. Like it's not a two-year marathon. It's a 30-year marathon. And how does that thinking of it in that way kind of really just change how you approach your work and your creativity from day to day to day? Oh, I love that analogy. That's so good. Yeah. (laughs) I think the marathon analogy was good, but I think it needed the the time perspective for me, at least to like for it to sink in of like, oh, yes, this is this is a long haul. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Finding that right balance in your career is incredibly difficult as a creative. If you are lacking time, energy, or money to do the thing that you love, it might be time to figure out what needs to change. If you have no idea where to start, I encourage you to grab my free creative career audit. This worksheet will walk you through a process to help you identify what's bringing you joy in your work and what really needs to go. You can head to my website at www.victoriahines.com or grab the direct link in the show notes below. Alrighty, back to the show. So I want to switch topics a little bit. I would love to know more about your book deal and how that came about. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This is another one of my favorite topics, only only because like it was such a um it was a dream on my vision board. And I wanted to have it a book, but I, in my head, you know, I thought, oh, like my Instagram following isn't growing fast enough. Oh, you know, all these things where you're like, oh, well, you know, I think artists that have tons of like huge follow followings, those are the only ones that get book deals. Well, I was proven wrong because um, my editor actually found me on Skillshare. Um, so a few years ago, I created a Skillshare class um, and how to paint like 12 different types of ice creams or something like that. (laughs) And 
and they they found it and they were like we we love your class and we wanted to know if you want to you know write a book on how to paint foods and I was like I couldn't believe it at first I was like is this a scam is this is this legit (laughs) (laughs) and then when I talked to the editor you know um they they mentioned that like in the world of watercolor books, there are a lot of like usually flowers and landscapes. Those are like the most like popular kind of type of themes. Um, and they're like, you know, there's no book on food or how to paint food. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Yes, I want to do it. <laughs> so um, it ended up being honestly, like probably the most fulfilling, like the most creatively fulfilling project I've ever done. Um, uh, this is my first time writing in this capacity and um, it was just such a neat experience. And I'm so grateful to my editors and the team because like they definitely took the book to, and, and made it look at, you know, its best version of it. So yeah, it, w- it was a really cool process. That's incredible. How long was the timeline from pitching to kind of fruition? So they gave me like six months to write it. And then the next six months was them working on like editing and like laying out the book and going back and forth on changes. And I think there was like a a little bit of like logistics delay in publishing because of like the pandemic and all of that. But luckily, I think my book was only delayed by two months (laughs) Uh, in terms of like it actually getting to like into people's hands. That's really cool. What was what was one of the hardest parts about the entire process? Oh, I think it was writing just I guess like up to this point I've done lots of uh you know I teach workshops I've done tutorial videos like Skillshare classes but this was a a whole new format of like writing down and explaining the steps you know with words as opposed to like showing so you know also also, like I, I show all the steps but at the same time like I had to kind of step into like back into that beginner mindset of like how can I explain this in a way that someone that maybe has never painted before could like pick it up and and you know be able to do it so that was kind of like my main challenge of like how do I make it so easy where like anyone even your cat can do it kind of thing (laughs) so it sounds like you almost had to put like an instructional designer hat on yeah absolutely what's been one of the most surprising things about the entire process whether that you've learned through the project or you've learned about yourself uh I would say I aspired and I I hoped that the book would, you know, reach people in a way that would like encourage them to paint and be creative. And I think the biggest surprise is, or that's still like, it it still kind of stops me in my tracks when I like read a review or someone like sends me a DM and they're like, Hey, I haven't painted in like 20 years. And I picked up your book. And, and it's like, it's like those types of messages are like, I, this is, this is why I do this thing. This is like my mission in life is to get people to be creative. And it just, it feels so special to like be that book or whatever, like point in time for, for that person to, you know, it's like to start their journey to creativity, because I know from my own experience, how much joy it brought me. And it's, it's just like, I want to, I want to share that with the whole world. I want everyone to like experience that, even if it, does it like ends up not being watercolors for them but if it's just like that is the starting point like that that's that's then that means I'm like I've won like my mission is done <laughs> oh I love that so much and <laughs> it's so hard to put your work out there 
it's so incredibly hard not just to create it, but then to take that next step to share it mm-hmm. with the world. But the it's moments like that where you have somebody reach out and just tell you how much it impacts them is it's what makes everything gold. And all of those yeah. hours of like unseen labor come into fruition. Absolutely. And and I also want to want to share that the the class I did on Skillshare was very uh, now looking back it like makes me cringe because I am I've grown so much since then like as an instructor as an artist as a person and looking back you can, I just I don't know I can see that version of me and but I'm still so grateful that I showed up even though um at the time I you know I was just starting my journey I am essentially I am a self-taught artist too so I also had to fight that like imposter syndrome of like, well, who am I to teach someone when I am still learning? And the the thought that helped me kind of get through that is the idea that, um, well, I know a little bit of this and I can teach it to someone that doesn't know this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So now we can both know a little bit of this <laughs> kind of thing. So it's, I just want to encourage, I guess, anyone that's listening to, even if you don't feel like you're ready, just, just like start showing up. If you have, if you feel like you have a calling to like share and teach and um, just start really small, just imagine like you're, you're sharing this with a friend who wants to learn how to paint, you know, like, I don't know, an ice cream cone, like (laughs) something super, (laughs) super simple and small, but like, if you can share that with someone that doesn't know how to do it, you already like are, a teacher, you know, and, and you don't have to be, have like decades of experience in order to teach someone. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So I was going to ask you what advice you would give to an artist who is looking to feel more confident in their career, but I feel like you just summed it up. Oh, (laughs) I'll ask the question though. What advice would you give to an artist who's looking to feel more confident in their career today? My advice to artists would be to show up, just show up no matter how prepared you feel you are, um, show up in all the different ways that you're able to. And, and honestly, like I am a big time introvert and I used to kind of hide behind that label a little bit and, and kind of use that as an excuse to not go to like networking events and like meet people but you just have to get over that (laughs) and and I promise that anyone if anyone can do it like I can I was I was so mortified to like speak up in a classroom setting that like I had a class where my grade depended on speaking up and and I I like even talked to my professor and I was like, I can't do this. Like you, you have to realize that I'm like mortified to speak up. So I'm just, I'm sharing this as an example that like, if I can overcome this, so can anyone. And it really just comes down to practicing and, and like finding evidence in your life where you showed up and like, you didn't die, you know, it's like, okay, uh, maybe it wasn't perfect. Maybe like you, I don't know, uh, forgot to do something or like it you still showing up, I think is such a great like form of success because it helps definitely like helps build that confidence and just find a way that like makes you feel comfortable at first, but also try to like push past the comfort zone and, and go, go into places where you'd normally like wouldn't necessarily go to. <laughs> mm, such good advice. 
All right. Well, to last but not least, how can we keep in touch with you? People can find me on Instagram. I am at Colorsnack. Uh, and my website is colorsnack.com. Uh, but also I would absolutely encourage everyone to connect with me on LinkedIn and that's Volta Voloshin dash Smith on there. So yeah, like those are kind of like the main places where people can find me. Perfect. And I'm going to drop the link to get your book, your amazing watercolor book in the show notes below. So everybody should definitely go check that out. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show, Volta. Thank you for having me, Victoria. It was a pleasure. following Volta's career and her work on Instagram for a while now. And I'm truly, truly just my heart warms at all of the opportunities that have come her way and the opportunities and doors she's created for herself. So we're going to take her advice. And here is your one thing this week. I want you to head over to LinkedIn and follow three people who have similar interests as you. It doesn't have to be directly related to your work or craft, and you can actually type in hashtags in the search bar to look for keywords and find other people who are posting about that topic. All right, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you are enjoying the podcast. Until the next time, stay creative.